Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and in today's episode, Krista Penner from our leadership development team is talking with Kyle Corbin from Emanuel Church in Abbotsford and Zach Yaku from Village Church about emotional intelligence, or EQ as it's often called. They discuss how EQ is so much more than just a popular buzzword in the business world, but actually a truly biblical principle and a vital area to grow in if we're going to be effective in our leadership. Both Kyle and Zach have participated in the EQ Bootcamp we offer here at Fellowship Pacific, and you'll get to hear about their experience with that and how investing in their own emotional growth has impacted their leadership and their ministries. So let's get to it. Here is Chris's conversation with Kyle Corbin and Zach Yaku. So welcome to the Fellowship Pacific podcast called Propel. Today, I have got two great guys with me. I've got Zach Yaku from Village Church. I've got Kyle Corbin from Emmanuel Fellowship, and we are going to talk about emotional intelligence. So welcome here, you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. So glad to have this conversation. The reason we have both of these gentlemen here with us today is that Kyle attended one of our EQ boot camps that we did specifically for pastors. And he's going to talk about the need for emotional intelligence from the perspective of a seasoned pastor. Zach is here because he went through EQ boot camp as an immersed student, has now moved into ministry at Village Church. And so he's going to talk about it from the perspective of how it helped him develop in the immersed program and how it's going to help him in his future ministry. Zach comes to us from Village Church and Kyle comes to us from Emmanuel Fellowship in Abbotsford. And I'm going to have both of these guys explain a little bit about what they do, what gets them up in the morning, what they love to do, a little bit about their family. So Kyle, we're gonna start with you. Yeah, absolutely, thanks for having me. So yeah, I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel Church in Abbotsford. Uh, the, that's one of my side gig, my main gig is I am the husband to Amy, who I've been married to for 11 years. And then I got two wonderful young girls, five and seven, who just started, uh, my youngest just started school this year. And so that's, uh, that's my primary focus in life, especially right now with all the change and seasons of uh, how everything's going, how school's rolling. Actually, both my kids are at home sick today, uh, but enjoying uh, just being a father to them. We love to get outside as a family. Most of our time is spent uh, at the river on forest trails, and we just love to kind of be active as a family. And uh, besides that, we do church together all as a family each and every week. Uh, my kids are there. Even in the middle of this COVID season, we've gathered and uh, they set a precedent. My wife decorates our church and it's just a blast to be in ministry together. Awesome. Well, welcome here. And Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, first I have to say I'm no, uh, I'm very familiar with the Propel podcast because I'm normally producing all of these calls. So it's great to be on the other side uh, for once. So thank you for the invitation here. Um, yeah, as you said, um, uh, I'm at Village Church. I've recently uh, taken the role as online pastor there due to this COVID moment kind of forced us into um, this change, but uh, there's actually talk of us making this change before this and me stepping into this role. So uh, that was just kind of down the road. One day we'll see. Um, and I was doing immerse at the time, as you mentioned. So 
Uh, it's been an interesting season uh, for me, lots of changes, finishing Immerse and then stepping into this new role. So that's kind of my ministry where I'm at right now, um, but also married. Uh, I've been married for uh, almost five years and we just got a kitten as we, me and Krista were talking about our love of pets, uh, which I didn't know I loved kittens until just about a month ago, but kittens are cute. So yeah, and we're in Surrey, uh, British Columbia. So that's, that's a little bit about me. Well, and don't forget to tell our audience that now that football season is right. on, you are like, you've died and gone to heaven. You're like a big yeah. football fan. Yes, love the NFL, not the CFL. Actually, slightly happy that it probably is dying, is dead due to this COVID season. So I think that might be a blessing in disguise. But yeah, love the NFL, love football. Uh, and for us, it's fun. Obviously, I love it. But it's also one way that we just love to open up our house and Sunday becomes church. And then in the afternoon, the game's on. People are here. We eat food you know, obviously COVID friendly right now, but before it was just a way to eat food and have some drinks and just hang out with people. And uh, so, you know, we do see it as a little bit of uh, our hospitality and not directly evangelism, but just a way to just be in the world. And uh, so we just love it that way. And we're very social people. So football is just something to gather around on Sunday. Well, that's very cool. Well, I'm glad that both you guys are here today. And as you know, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. And for us as a fellowship, a few years ago, we began looking at how can we help our, it started with our immersed students. How can we help our immersed students develop holistically? You know, we look at competency-based education. We look at this idea of mastery. And mastery has to be more than just, you know, conjugating the Greek verb, um, knowing how to, you know, how to shake hands on a Sunday morning and do a funeral. It's got to be that you can read people that you understand yourself enough to get beyond yourself to help somebody else. And so as we begin our discussion this morning, I would love to hear from each of you. Uh, when you think about emotional intelligence, uh, what do you think of what, in your own words, how would you describe this, even in the context of your own life? Uh, Kyle, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head by talking about understanding and managing ourselves. And that's, that's how I would define it. It's their ability to understand and manage our own emotions while being able to understand and address the emotions of others. So it's sort of that, that two-way street. It's understanding what our place is uh, emotionally in a social setting and then uh, with others as well, being able to sort of perceive where they're at, understand maybe where they're coming from, uh, where that's going to lead them and how we can kind of if we're in interacting with them, how we can uh, tailor our response towards them or how we can kind of uh, manage our perception of those situations to address their needs uh, in a given moment. Yeah, excellent. Zach, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, there's the kind of the more textbook definition, which uh, you both kind of said is understanding awareness of our own emotion leads to management of our own emotion, which leads to awareness of social uh settings and then there's management of social settings which that's probably my favorite definition because it kind of breaks it down of all the purposes that we can interact with one another um in the best way possible and i think there's just the humanitarian uh kind of view of that is that we are people and we function best when we're functioning 
in our best selves together. Um, but then as a pastor and as you know, a Christian has said, well, how can we help one another that we want to understand how each other's doing and help each other move towards that best self. So that first step is just having that lens to first I dissect and understand what is going on in me and you know i think as christians we just believe like we are all on a level playing field when it comes to our lives so we are all broken horrible people and there is a lot going on inside ourselves so we have to first understand that and then somehow try to manage that and then that's going to help us you know i just love what kyle's saying it's just you know, looking outside yourself to help understand what others are going through. And usually it's not like, I know what you're going through, but I know that you're going through something because I've been through something in my own life. So let me help that and understand that. And in my EQ, where I think uh, my default is usually looking on the professional setting and obviously working at church, you know, I know we all work at churches, so everything is perfect and we all have our crap together and there's never any hard emotions going on, especially working at a church. Um, but there's, I think it comes most out, uh, especially for people working at churches in just little subtle ways. You know, it's like getting CC'd on this email, the decision being made. It's like, how did that make you feel? Um, and I think just understanding those micro settings and doing that like a million times throughout the day is really where EQ gets really hard. Um, you know, big things, uh, we can usually manage those things. Like when you're sad, you cry. That's just like God's kind of set us up in those big things. If there's bigger things in your life, like deaths, it's like, our, you know, our body forces us to manage those things. But it's those micro settings that are a little bit harder. And that's usually my focus. So, you know, I look at EQ. So when I think of EQ, I think of those micro interactions throughout the day, how you're functioning in those and managing those with people around you. Yeah. Oh, no, that's really good. I, I know that I, my default is, you know, to build a story that helps me feel better about the emotions that I'm feeling in that moment. It sometimes those emotions are not healthy. They're not really where I need to be at there. I build a story that's not true about another person in other, in order to make myself feel better. And I think that that's a tendency that happens, uh, even in the church. So gentlemen, the question is, is EQ a factor that we need to be talking about in the church? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no way around it, right? We're in the people business. We're in the God business and people business. So then help me understand why we struggle so much with this in the church. Yeah. Um, I can take one perspective. Um, I think one thing to understand is, this is a biblical principle. And I think sometimes it can be hard, especially for pastors or Christians to say EQ, especially now that that is becoming um, a professional word. You know, IQ was the hot topic, but now EQ as now we're moving into millennials as the primary people in the workforce as kind of as we're advancing in more opportunities, EQ is becoming very, um, popular. I'm just saying this is a business principle, but I think, you know, the Bible is talking about EQ and this is a principle because it's people-based. It's about understanding um, what is going on in emotions. And I think a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, programs, Christian programs um, have 
talked about this, but EQ is just, you know, another word to say what's really going on. I think, you know, a big example for me is freedom session um, is just talking about what's happened in your life. And in freedom sessions, kind of the going backwards of looking at um, you're doing some, you're managing your emotions in a certain way. Let's look at why you're managing your emotions that way. So let's go back to the root and kind of work backwards at the beginning and saying, this is what happened to you. This is the way it made you felt. You never realized this is the way you made you felt. And this is the way you chose to manage that. So um, I just want to like pitch. I think EQ is totally a biblical principle. It's just another name that I think a lot of other people and you know, sermons and, and Bible studies and uh, Christian organizations, our organizations have addressed. Um, this is just another way to call it and dissect it um, because it's truth. You know, I see that as a biblical, it's a godly truth. And, you know, if you're going to find truth, then that's where it is. So it's totally something that's needed in the church. And, and that's why it might be hard is because you see it as not a biblical principle. I don't know if that's... I, don't know. I, I think it is a biblical yeah. principle. And Kyle, um, if you, I'd like it if you could kind of address this for us a little bit. When you, we talk about this EQ thing, where do you see it showing up in the scripture? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, I would just pick on the the example of Jesus. I mean, as being someone, we see that whenever he comes into a situation, uh, he, he's gauging what's going on. And we see that the Holy Spirit moves him towards certain things. We see that he's, you know, looking and reading everyone from his disciples to, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees. Uh, it tells us that he, he, he gauges them and he's questioning, what are they thinking? And he speaks to those things. We see uh, as well that he, he has moved with compassion. He recognizes when people's hearts are broken, when people are in places of need, and he, he sees those emotions in people. And he, again, that's, that's him coming to address it. And he addresses that. And obviously, he's, his, his primary focus is always down to the spiritual core of what their greatest need is, so that everything flourishes and comes out of there. Uh, but I think it's all over scripture. I mean, we can go to the Old Testament, and you look at a leader like Moses. Moses is a guy I think grew in EQ. You look at him at the start of his life, and I mean, he's out beating people up and killing people at the beginning. He, he lashes out in anger. But then as God works within his life, and we see as he gets wise counsel from people like Jethro, he learns how to manage himself and manage his people uh, on behalf of, of the Lord so that they can grow and move towards what God is calling them to. And so I think in scripture, we have both good examples and bad examples, uh, or examples that grow maybe. And I think that's really helpful for us to understand. So as we look at it as Christian leaders, as we look at it uh, in the workplace, if we're talking about staff and, and boards, uh, but as well amongst all of our people, everyone who attends, we all start somewhere with this and God wants to grow us as we're coming to conform to be more like Christ. We want to grow in this area so we can exhibit the same sort of compassion, the same sort of love and mercy and kindness and graciousness that he exhibited to all those who he came to, to meet and to love. That's really good. I love your example of Moses because as you're explaining Moses and you're kind of talking at the beginning of his life, it's so interesting to think that he's like 40 years old and going, oh God, I can't actually do this. I can't actually speak. Somebody's got to do this for me. And what I see there is I, we need to address insecurity. Yeah. Uh, 
it's right there. I mean, he, his journey, I don't know if he, you know, I, do you, do you think you ever arrived? Do you ever like get to a place where your emotional intelligence is so high? Like you're amazing. Do you think that ever happens? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think unless you're Jesus himself that you're ever going to get to that point. I know it's, it's the only part of your, of your intelligence that you can actually grow and develop. It's not just inherited from your parents. You might inherit uh, some of your hangups from your family of origin, but they can be overcome because your emotional intelligence can grow. So question, and Kyle, I think we'll start with you because you're like the seasoned faster. No offense, Zach, I mean, you're on your way. So seasoned in short order, but tell us, can you give us an example where you have seen a lack of emotional intelligence sabotage a church team no names just the general idea of where you've seen this uh detrimental in the church oh man i have so many examples from other people and from myself uh but uh one example i i would have is actually coming uh and i'll relate it to, to what it was like to be a staff member serving under a leader to then switching gears to being the lead pastor and then recognizing some of those traits uh, so in the uh, previous church I served in, uh, we, had, we had a lead pastor who I would say did not manage his emotions very well. And so what ended up happening is we would go into staff meetings and you never knew what was going to upset him. You know, he kind of came in with a vision for where he wanted a meeting to go or what decisions he wanted made. And if the staff you know, interjected or came in with something else, what would happen is either he would get thrown off balance and get frustrated, or he would disagree and kind of push you towards bending towards his way. And as a staff person, that put us in a position uh, where we actually, we didn't devalue our opinions, but we decided not to voice them. We decided not to express what we felt was the right direction to go because we didn't want to have the upset in the office. We didn't want the tension to rise in the workplace. And so when I moved over to being a lead pastor, I mean, I've screwed up in this area countless times. My team would probably laugh that I'm even, even talking about this, but I have seen that I need to be aware of that very thing. When I come in, you know, uh, I'm, I'm responsible for vision and teaching in our church. And so often I've spent hours in prayer and hours, you know, preparing, thinking through charts and workflows to, to get to where I think we need to go. And when I come into a meeting, uh, oftentimes I, I almost have an end result in mind. And when I go there, if I don't come with a proper spirit and attitude, if I'm not humble, if I'm not willing to uh, hear from the Holy Spirit through the staff people, I can allow my personal emotions to dictate how that meeting goes. And normally it doesn't go well if I'm not in a position of understanding, okay, I'm holding this open-handed. This, this team is of value. These uh, folks are all leaders in their own right, and they want to have a voice in setting a direction. And so I have to be very aware of how my emotions can even sabotage, whether that's a meeting, but those meetings always flow out to the rest of the week. Because uh, if I go, no, this is how we're actually going to do it, then my team gets undervalued. They feel, whether that's insecure or they feel up upset and angry because I'm being proud or arrogant, and that can totally just sabotage an entire uh, project or program that we're working towards. I oh, know yeah, that's really good. I, I, I've been in those situations myself. And I'll just remind our audience as you're listening here, we talk about emotional intelligence. Everything that these guys are talking about is everything from self-awareness 
leading to self-management. Self-management leading to social awareness. Social awareness leading to the big kahuna, which is social management. And that's really what you're talking about, Kyle, is going into that staff meeting and being able to manage, lead what's happening socially around you, around that table with all those other emotions, all the other things that are happening, be able to read that room and direct that conversation in a way that everyone feels affirmed, everyone feels safe, they feel like they belong, that they've been heard. And oftentimes, if people feel heard, uh, they'll go along with your crazy idea, even if it wasn't their idea, as long as they've been heard. We talk about that in board training. That's such an important thing for a board. So excellent. Zach, do you have anything to add to what Kyle just said? I mean, as I was thinking about examples, all I can think about is just times when I really just messed up and like not even known how I was feeling. I think one of the biggest examples is when I was really new on staff it was about six years ago now and uh, new to ministry. Like I was excited to be on a church staff, like in a team doing ministry, like full-time vocationally. And um, one of the, it was in a small team about four people and in a bigger team, but that one person announced in a staff meeting that she was leaving and my whole world like shook like you can't be leaving like we're on a team we had a mission we're talking about these things like what about the future and uh she was talking to, i don't even know what she was saying but like 20 seconds into her like giving her speech about you know what her future holds and everyone's excited for her i just like yelled out like what you're leaving and uh just because you know in my i wasn't even processing you know how was i feeling and that just my management of that was just to yell out in the middle of a staff meeting like this can't be happening what is my whole world is shaken so obviously looking back i can read some emotions that i was having you know feeling like the ground was falling under me not knowing what my future held um which is totally not a big well i mean things change in ministry all the time and our uh, cultural moment is just a direct uh, example of that but at the time I definitely needed to grow in my management of uh, my emotions and looking back it's a funny example but you know just throughout time and now you know I see it throughout my day so many times like little things you know I hear something and it's just that little like gut you know, reaction or just that little thing, you feel your body just kind of move, like, is it an email or uh, did someone say something? And it's really hard for me to just in that moment, you know, realize how am I feeling? And I'm not good at taking a step back and saying, I need to understand just step one, like, I need to understand how I'm feeling before I can even give you a reaction, because that reaction might be ultimately damaging to our relationship. And Lots of times you just power through and get through the day, but, um, and then at the end of the day can reflect at that, but it's that first step that I'm still working on of just understanding my own emotions. It's like, why did I just get upset or scared because you just told me something that was happening? Like, why? And then understanding, oh, it's because I'm ultimately scared that's reflects badly on me or that. I don't know, changes my identity or, you know, it's something deeper in that regards. But um, yeah, so most of my examples are just me screwing up. That's okay. <laughs> like, that's okay. Yeah. That's actually really, uh, we like your vulnerability and we like you like to know that you feel safe enough to share that. You know, it's really interesting with what you've observed about yourself, Zach. And I think, you know, I'm sure Kyle, you've seen the same thing in yourself is oftentimes 
when you when you wrestle with those emotions it's asking the question why am i feeling the way i want that's the question that you're you're asking but then you have to stop and ask yourself the question what do i want what do i want for me what do i want for the people around me what do i want for the church and I think that oftentimes, I think in leadership in a church, we fall off the wagon, so to speak, because we don't clearly think through what it is we really want. And we act out of emotion that sends us in a direction where the ultimate goal is, I want to be heard. I want to be right. I want to have the last word, whatever. I want to be the smartest person in the room. And when we really think about that, if we get confronted with that, None of us would say, oh, that's what I want as a, as a good follower of Christ, but that's how we act. So it's really aligning what we want with how we act. And that's really, I look at that and go, man, if as church teams, we could figure that one out well in those micro, as you've said, Zach, in those micro moments through email in a meeting, how powerful would that be? Excellent. Okay. We're going to switch gears here a little bit, unless you guys had anything more you wanted to add to that. Kyle, anything else? I mean, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I think we need to, to be proactive as well as reactive. And I mean, that's a bit of a cliche to say, but even in a specific moment, I mean, I think so many church leaders are uh, reflective on, on in one way or another, you know, and we'll sit and we'll reflect at the end of the day, but there's something different about in a moment just yeah. taking a brief second to reflect on what's happening, like Zach's pointing out, you know, what's happening within me, but then also moving towards that, where do I want to go from here? What, what, what's the thing? And, and just giving ourselves a pause at, at a different moment all the time, whether that's in a staff meeting, whether it's meeting with someone from the congregation in sort of a counseling moment, uh, whether it's just talking to a coworker or friend, uh, giving ourselves a, a moment to be proactive while after a moment of a reflection in the moment, in a, in a, in a sort conversation or interaction in a hallway, rather than, you know, bottling everything up uh, to the end of the day or till the end of the week and kind of letting it all flow. We don't have enough time to uh, really deal with it all if we leave it all till way down the road. No, yeah. no, that's really good. And I just I want to add, I I think going back to even a question you said earlier about do we reach this perfect EQ and that's a growing thing and I even think about Jesus and the garden Gethsemane when he was struggling you know we never we can get good at EQ but it's always going to be a challenge to process new emotions because we'll always be in new situations with new emotions and think about Jesus like let's just assume well like he had perfect EQ he still had to go through the steps of saying, this is how I feel. This is going to be my reaction to it. This is going to be my management. And he said, God, take it away. If not my will, your will. But that's still hard. He, the guy sweated blood, like literally the worst thing in the world that could happen to you. So it's like to say his life was easy to understand, you know, people criticizing him and saying things about him. He had to go through those emotions life is not easy and we're gonna have more and new emotions about it so i think in the hard part is that just being honest with ourselves to say this is how i'm feeling and i don't know for me that's like an embarrassment because i have this 
uh, idea about emotions. And that's for me is hard. And I think for everyone has a different reason by, but a new emotion is hard to deal with and to understand why am I feeling like this? So every single day, every single season of our life, there's going to be a new thing. And I think one, that's because we're fallen, broken people, but also if you're in ministry, like Satan's going to try to grab hold of anything and you have a thought and you're trying to take that thought captive, um, you know, as Second Corinthians says, and then, you know, obviously there's a spiritual attack saying, hey, you know, what if this is true? And you're going to have to navigate through that. So that's why I don't, you know, you can be perfect at it, but at the same time, I think we're all at the same place, just function you were just it's always going to be the same challenge day after day after day because it's going to be a new challenge so well, yeah and i think yeah. one day you kind of have it all together and you get thrown a monkey wrench on day two and you don't have anything together uh, right. there, and there's so many factors right there's hunger there's being tired there's right. other emotional factors that come into play that make a certain situation worse than it would have been the day before like there's so many things that we need to deal with that was a really that's a good example of jesus in the garden and and you know you think about that passage in philippians where he became a man he became us he he took on human form and that form wasn't just that he ate food uh, and he, you know, he had to put sandals on his feet to walk so he wouldn't get a splinter in his toe. It was way more than that. It was all of our emotion. It was how we feel. So yeah, really good point there. That is why our emotional intelligence needs to be addressed, why we need to constantly be working on it. So switching gears, guys, want to talk to you about EQ Bootcamp, that fun, that super fun experience that you went through uh, when you came out to Loon Lake with us. So Kyle, when you got that invitation uh, over email, I think you may have gotten it from me, you may have gotten it from David, but we sent you an email, hey, we want you to be part of this EQ bootcamp. What was your first gut reaction to that? You know, actually, I was excited about it. I had done a little bit of reading in this area already. And so the idea of getting to go away, I also uh, saw the invite list of who was CC'd in that email. And uh, I knew there were just uh, some great guys who are in ministry uh, who are willing to, to just talk about things. And so I got excited that there was an opportunity to go away with a group of guys who, you know, we all have our own story, like Zach said, you know, but we're, we're all on sort of a level playing field. This is somewhere where we need to grow and learn. So I got excited about the opportunity just to hang out with a, a group of other pastors who we could just be open and honest with each other, uh, as well as address some, some significant things in our own life. Oh, that's great. How about you, Zach? Besides yeah, well, the fact I mean, that it was sort of mandatory and we made Well, that's what I was gonna say is, you know, it wasn't an invitation. It was like, if you want to complete the Immerse program, then right. you must do this thing. Right. And then so like, okay, let's do this thing. But I think, yeah, I was nervous because of what I heard, like, hey, a bunch of people are gonna record videos and say the most honest thing about you and where you need to grow. Um, but I think I was a little bit on this track of being humbled and just ready for the experience anyways. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit nervous of just like, what is going to come out? You know, it's the fear of the unknown of saying, I don't know what I don't know. So anything I hear um, about myself or a realization about what's going on is going to be new to me. And obviously that's going to make me feel bad about myself that I'm not doing the best I can be that I've 
been, I've hurt people in ways I've interacted with them. So it's, it was a nervy, it was nervous to go into it, but at the same time, it's like, this is a necessary step. You know, I've made the commitment to be the best I can be. I want to continue to help people uh, through ministry and, and, and walking with people, shepherding people. So I'm obviously going to have to take this step. So it's almost that, you know, scary, but uh, you feel good because it, you know, it's the right step to do. Yeah, it's like starting an exercise program. You know, it's going to be right. painful in the but in the end, you're going to feel super awesome, especially when you can just eat whatever you want because you went and all that exercise. So, so Kyle, you know, you kind of alluded. You talk about how you got the invitation and you really were excited because you saw who was on the list. It was stuff you were already exploring. So, tell us a little bit about why you think EQ is so important in your leadership development. Like what is, just tell, talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think as uh, as the lead pastor in a lot of ways, you know, I'm also a lid for our organization. Uh, and that's just always a part of the role that there's an expectation to look towards whoever your lead pastor is in a church like ours. And uh, so on one hand, I want to grow in that for our organization. Uh, to be able to wrestle with what's going on internally for me, as well as what's going on, you know, managing that social environment. Uh, church is a social environment all the time, whether it's just our office, you know, Monday to Thursday, or whether it's in any of our evening programs or on a Sunday morning or whatever that looks like. Uh, we need to be managing that and I need to do that well to set the tone and set a bar uh, for what it looks like uh, for our staff who are younger and who are growing up for uh, the rest of my team, who, who even some of them are older than I am or way down the road. Uh, they still want to be able to look to somebody who, who's living with wisdom, uh, who's living with uh, a, you know, a head on their shoulders. But personally, I also just wanna grow in it because I recognize, you know, I, as I mentioned before, when I introduced myself, you know, I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a dad. And for me, these relationships, you know, I want to be life giving to my wife and to my kids. I want to uh, be a, a, a stable person, but also a person who, who leads them to, you know, flourishing in understanding their own emotions and understanding, you know, how we interact as a family unit. And so I want to be the very best I can be in all those moments, whether it's professionally, whether it's, you know, relationally, emotionally. Uh, so that I can also see other people grow and flourish and be at their best. And so that's really important for me. So just kind of pushing into that a little bit with you, Kyle, just when we talk about, you know, not wanting to be like a lid that keeps everything closed, but just unscrew it and let's luck, let's go, let's be. When you look at that, how has your level of vulnerability, like with your staff, in your church organ, in the church feel? Like, so in your professional, on the professional side, how has your level of vulnerability in this area helped your staff? You know, I think it's been, uh, and I'll go back to the EQ bootcamp. I mean, during the bootcamp, I bawled like a baby like three times uh, because we had ended up starting talking about things that I had not unearthed in years. Uh, you know, things from the past where I had been hurt and where I'd been uh, vulnerable. And so I had actually created sort of walls around that area of my life. Uh, you know, I hadn't talked about it in years. I hadn't, you know, shared 
how that impacted me down the road as well. Right before I went to the boot camp, I had been praying and, you know, asking the Lord to work in an area of my life. And uh, after sitting down and, you know, kind of having a little mini counseling session there at the boot camp, uh, the Holy Spirit really clearly spoke to me and uh, addressed that very area where I was, had been wrestling uh, with him before. And having the opportunity to work ahead of it uh, through that boot camp allowed me to come and meet with my staff. And because I had already been proactive in working in it, it allowed me to open up more to my staff. You know, none of us, we, we want to be open with our teams, but we don't want to be necessarily unhelpful with all the raw and ugly because that can also bog down our team and so allowing myself to, to lead forward to push forward uh, allowed me to open up with my team about some of those things and you know for for me I was able to come to my team and say you know what I realized going away a weekend ago that this is an area in my leadership where I recognize uh, that I'm not doing well and that I haven't, you know, led you well in or I've negatively impacted you. So have a conversation with me. If you see this rising up in me, uh, open up the, the doors open now. So come on in and talk to me about it and allow me to work through it. And I think that's been really great for our team because as I'm able to be more vulnerable, they're also willing to be more vulnerable with me and with each other. And so that's really kind of propelled us forward in closeness as a team. That's yeah. great. That's great. Zach, what are your thoughts on that vulnerability well, piece? Yeah, I think, Kyle, what you just said is so important. And the fact that when you bring your weaknesses or let's say your emotions or how you're feeling, you brought that to your team without bringing the why behind it of saying like, here's, you know, the reason you're crying with those guys. And I, and I know that and I can relate to that's the process you did. But then out of that, you can you're not healed of those, um, you know, how you're thinking or your weaknesses or your strength or how you're functioning, but you can bring the, this is how it will affect you. And this is how it plays out in me to your team. And that's the healthy place that we want to get to is saying, you know, going through EQ bootcamp doesn't make you um, a perfect person and that it gets rid of all your, you know, negative attributes, but it just brings them to the surface that you can healthily tell people it's like yeah sometimes um i get really narrow-minded and i just think about the future and sometimes i can leave other people's ideas and that's that's something i do you know the why because that that's something you deal with you know with close people and you know because of whatever dad did to you when you're little whatever right but the how it plays out that's functioning in this healthy way to say you know if this happens i'm okay with it please let me know and I'll correct in the moment. And now the team's not all, you know, functioning 100% and nobody's getting on each other's nerves. That's not what's happening. But you're able to go in a place of authenticity and, and speak into each other's lives to keep each other going forward. And I think just what you said, Kyle, is like so important to know is like our idea of perfect isn't like perfect means you're, you're constantly working on yourself and, and being aware of where you're actually at humility out of, you know, a proper idea about where one's at, not prideful, but also not overly modest of saying, these are your strengths function in them. We want you to be on stage because you're the best preacher, you know, and the other person saying, I want to be a preacher because whatever, they can just function in that and you can work out that and figure it out. So 
yeah, I just, that really resonated with what Kyle was saying. I think it's, okay. it's awesome to get that place. So Zach, uh, you know, you, you mentioned this already. Uh, you went to EQ Bootcamp and we had your pastoral mentor do a little video about all the things about you that suck. Right. right. I mean, I'm being a little like, bit tongue in cheek like there. 45 minutes. 45 like, minutes. Of, right. These are all the ways that Zach really yeah. has dropped the ball. No, it wasn't like that. Please, people listening, it was not like that. But Zach, what I want you to talk to us about is what was it like to hear that honest evaluation of your leadership? What I want to hear from you is you heard it. How did it affect you? And being at EQ Bootcamp, when you heard it, was that helpful for you? Like, were you able to process it? Well, I kind of want to hear a little bit of that story from you. Totally. I mean, I was, I think, really lucky that I think people are honest with me and I'm my pastoral. There was nothing my pastoral mentor said to me that was like, um, you know, total blinds on like, hey, we, you know, and I'm just lucky that there's kind of hints of all that stuff, but just hearing it in a blunt way of just saying straight up unfiltered, Hey Zach, this is the things you're great at. Cause there is that part too. Uh, you know, in another video later in the week, the bad stuff first. Right. So obviously we're not all horrible people. Like there's things that we're okay at. And if you're listening, there's things that you're good at. That's just truth. Um, but then just, knowing that and hearing that in the unfold well is hard and i think it's less about it's just a bride thing to think i have my crap together i'm ready to function and you just like even that deep breath is how i feel like a big sigh of like okay this is just realizing this is where we're at that's okay and I think it was helpful doing that in the context because you're with a bunch of people, you're being prepped, you know, all the, the Fellowship Pacific team is there. Hey, we're here. Even I think someone watches you with the video or I remember David Rita was there with me helping me. So, you know, how you feel about that? So it's very, in a, it's the best safe place to do that because it's not in your room alone with like thoughts running through your head. But here's the honest truth here's where you're at, here's what we want you to know, how are we going to move forward from that? And it's just like sitting in a hole, like you're just like climbing down the hole, but your plan to go down in the hole, you know, there's all the safety equipment there, there's someone walking you through it, but you still have to like climb down and like get, and you're just sitting kind of at rock bottom of the bottom of the hole being like, okay, this is just a sober idea about where we're at in your life. Like this is who Zach is. This is the things he's good at, and this is the thing he's not good at. Okay, I have options. Where do I want to go from here? And then EQ Bootcamp, it just really helped me say, okay, I want to get, do I want to get better at those things? Yes, here's a healthy reason why I want to get better at those things. Okay, how do I take the next step? How do I take the first step of just figuring it out? So that was my experience, and it was great. You know, it was is like that sigh. And for me, you know, everyone deals with emotions different, but for me, it's just like, okay, this is where we're at and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it, but it's okay. Um, that was probably like the summary of watching the video. And we like, had Kleenex boxes everywhere. So yeah, that was also super good. So Kyle, your experience is a little bit different. 
we had uh, that 360 evaluation that we had you send to key members of your team, key members of your board, people who know you well, people who've seen you in leadership. Uh, so you knew you were gonna get the results of that when you came. So how did that feel for you? I mean, leading up to it, it's daunting for sure. And I'm sure Zach felt the same way knowing this video is coming. You sit there and you wonder, what do, what do you know my team think of me? What, do, what does my board think of me? You know, that, that's, a, that's a daunting thing to face. But I think once you get to that moment, it's a good thing. You know, and I, you get to this place where I felt like, and, you know, going back to that vulnerability thing, it allows there to be vulnerability. And while I don't know exactly who said what, I'm able to say, okay, this is a perception of me that I can now work into. And I, I love to work on things. I love to, you know, fix things and make things better. So for me to hear it, I'm going, oh, great. Now I know where I can grow and how I can respond better. And I think, I think you told us, uh, you know, this is the feedback from your, your board. This is the feedback from your staff. You didn't say who it was because there was multiple people in each of those categories. But even just that, I was like, oh, you know, I have a deficit in this area with my relationship with my board or my leadership at that level. So now I have uh, room to grow and improve in. And I really valued that because I don't know if all my board members who filled that out uh, would have said that directly to my face because you know it's it's difficult for people to to even point out flaws or you know vulnerabilities in other people and so I think it was just such a, a good opportunity and then to sit and talk about it with other lead pastors for me you know that was our table uh, was was all lead pastors and so we were able to sit there and go okay you know, what type of things do you have? Okay, I can see that in you or I can, you know, help you and coach you. And so some of us even, you know, I sat with a guy like Ben Hall and Ben's like, hey Kyle, like you could work on this and this would be a helpful tool for you. Or, you know, here's a good book that you can read. And I really valued even the camaraderie that we had as a, as a group to be able to help each other process that information. No, that's, I, I love hearing that it's, you know, because we're coming up and doing another pastor EQ boot camp in January of 2021. And uh, we've already got four pastors signed up. So we've got room for a few more, not a ton, but we've got room for more. And we're wanting to encourage our pastors to do exactly what you're talking about, Kyle. And that is just take a good hard look and go, where are some areas where I can actually do some, do some work to improve relationships, to improve my leadership capacity uh, for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel? Where can I get out of the way so that the gospel shines through me and how I've been called to lead? That's really what we're after. So Kyle, biggest takeaway for you, like when you, when you left EQ Bootcamp, was there like one thing that kind of stood out to you? Oh man, that's uh, that's a that's a loaded gun there. Uh, there was so I mean there really was like, and I'm not just trying to you know pump your guys' tires. There's just so many takeaways for me. Uh, I mean we did the enneagram thing and looking at that with the view of the gospel and where do you need to allow the gospel to intersect your own life? Like where are, where are these places where there's your ugly side that you have not allowed the gospel to steep into? Uh, I think that was probably personally the most profound thing because I was able to, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I, I had a moment where I just felt like the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night after that session woke me up at like five in the morning and I am not a morning person, uh, woke me up at five in the morning and I just went to scripture and opened up the word and right there 
what I felt called to read was exactly the missing part of the gospel that we had talked about the night before. And for me, it was just that, you know, in, in your weakness, I am stronger and allowing the Lord to just say, you know what, it's okay that I have this weakness in me. It's okay to allow God to shine through and in me in that vulnerability. And so for me personally, that was so profound and uh, something that I'm still wrestling through. I mean, I think it was like a year ago now that uh, my group went away and I'm still unpacking that, still talking to people about what does that mean for me? Uh, but I'm so thankful that I get to start that journey. That's excellent. That's great. How about you, Zach? Big takeaway for you. Yeah, like I said, like so many, but um, the one big one was, I mean, it just stems from this idea of pride and like achievement. And I think you like when people say good things about you. So even just going back and looking at events throughout my life that kind of enforced this about like, well, let's just keep doing good things, keep getting praise. And um, even what really came out of that is like other people and caring and loving and liking and grace with other people. And this idea of like, I think I had a, I don't care what other people say about me. And then like, that can kind of seem like, oh, that's a good thing. Like, you know, you know, don't worry about the haters, but uh, you just keep going. But caring about other people i don't care about other people you know especially if they um go against or say against something that i want so behind that it's it's about my goals and my aspirations about feeling good about myself and who i am and this this affirmation that zach you're worth it you're valued you know you're good okay well to in order to keep telling myself this truth i need to keep putting myself in this situation and if somebody or some people start to go against that what is my reaction against those people like so even and you know realizing how those plays out microwave micro ways um you know just a small interaction of like oh zach i saw what you wrote i you know could we do it this way instead of that way Oh, this person's dumb. Their opinion is wrong. They're no good at their job. You know, fire them as a volunteer because, and that's a very exaggerated, but how does that happen in that split second of saying, mm, I don't think that person knows what they're talking about because, and you're able to justify, I'm able to justify it left, back, forwards, right ways. And someone even that I'm talking to can't pick it up because it's so subtle, but it's like really Am I have an unfiltered view of what's going on? Um, and maybe the reaction doesn't change, but it's like, but the thing that really convicted me of all that is like, that person is awesome. They're loved by God. I'm called to love them. And I'm not doing that because of what's going on in my own heart. Um, so that was like really hard to realize. And it's like, okay. Um, this means I am smaller and other people are larger and, and remembering God is the biggest out of all of this. And he's the reason why, and what is my identity in him uh, come up first that I'm loved, that I am well done, good and faithful servant, like knowing that I'm in the place of Jesus. This is my son who I'm well pleased. I'm not Jesus, but you know, that attitude of glory that he has through Jesus is what I'm able to come into loved by God and that it's okay what I wrote in this email or what I said on this thing. Yeah, it, it might suck, but that's okay. My, that doesn't change my worth. So 
it's understand that was the big one for me yeah and just and it all came my huge conviction was just loving and liking and caring about other people that's what I'm about and that means I have to take the hit sometimes and that's okay so that's good okay so we're gonna uh, finish off with a couple more questions here you guys coming to the end here this has been such a great time to connect with you and to hear your thoughts it's so encouraging to me as we get ready to plan another eq boot camp uh that we keep going that we keep doing this because it's so helpful for it's sounding like it's a it's a helpful tool so you know from your perspective kyle as a pastor talking to other pastors who are listening to this podcast and many of them will because i'm going to put the link for this podcast in an email that i'm going to send them to invite them to eq bootcamp so what would you say to any pastors or ministry leaders who are considering attending eq bootcamp what would you say to them I would definitely say it's worth going. I mean, and I think for for a couple of reasons, the first is whether or not, you know, about emotional intelligence, you've, you know, lots of pastors have probably read the books. Uh, They've probably, you know, listened to the podcast, but there's something about going and working it through in a place where you can be vulnerable in a place where you can be relatively distraction free. Uh, I think there's a lot of value there. And then I would also say the value uh, is also in doing it with other people. Uh, you know, I had the, the ability to go away with a, a group of lead pastors who uh, some I knew, some I didn't know, but we were all in positions uh, that allowed us to have some similarities. And so to be able to talk to those and see how uh, your, not your ministry, but your emotions and how your management of those is similar and different from other people and to learn from them and to have accountability uh, with others in a, in a small environment, I think is huge. Awesome. That's great. How about you, Zach? What would you say to other pastors and even other immersed students who really have no choice, but you know, how could they prepare yeah. for this? But tell us about right. what you would say to anybody attending an EQ boot camp or thinking of well, yeah, here's the the lie for all the stubborn pastors out there. You don't need to go, but here it's for your team and your people need to go. So you should just do it first and then your team can come after because they really need it, right? It's it's the people around us that need it most. Um, so if that's what you need to do to tell yourself the lie, to go for it first as a good leader, that's a biblical principle, go first beyond experience it. And then you can bring your team on it next year. That's what you should just tell yourself just to go. So, um, but honestly, it's like, I think that is kind of, EQ is one of those things you read about it. Oh, I know someone that needs this. Oh man, I know someone who needs this. But if that's true, then there's someone thinking that about you. So, you know, we just, that's something we all need to do it. And I name, I know not to get too biblically make you guilty, but you know, we need to be like the first will be last and last will be first. It's like, I think we can always use a huge dose of humble pie whenever we're in pastoral ministry and just understanding our place with God and who we are. So I would I would say we never need to turn, you should never turn down an opportunity like this to just, these are the things that are important to make time for. Your character is what's going to shine. Your, you know, integrity is what's going to go beyond you and ring out in eternity, not your next ministry, not your next event, not how good your Zoom calls are right now, but 
the people around you closest to you, what are they going to say about you? And so this is just, I don't know, the most important thing you could do in the world, I say. Uh, so I don't know if that doesn't convince you, then probably don't come because we don't want to work with you. So well, there you go. That, thanks, Zach. That's really nice. It makes everybody feel super good. But here's the deal. You're absolutely right about that. If you don't think you need it, you're probably in desperate need of it. That's the bottom line. And so you said that very, very well. What we want our audience to remember about this is this is something, and Kyle alluded to this when he says, I'm just in a group, I could talk about things right now. This is what we call just-in-time learning. So it's taking everything that you read by Daniel Goleman in, you know, Emotional Intelligence, you wrote that epic book about the whole thing. Um, it's taking everything that you've learned or you see about it, the articles that you've read, the podcasts that you listen to, including this one, but it's putting it in the context of you, your life your experiences, your relationships. And it's that just-in-time learning that really brings it home and makes it real. Any of the teaching that we do uh, with the fellowship now in uh, leadership development, we are attempting to do it through a just-in-time learning uh, style where we're taking your life experiences, the things that are happening with your board, the things that are happening with your leadership and going, okay, what is going on and how can we make it better? How can you make it better? So we're doing that again with this EQ Boot Camp. So we do wanna encourage our ministry leaders to come. It's a couple of days, kind of intense days in a beautiful wood, wooded setting with really great food. We subsidized, we subsidized it entirely. Um, so it's really uh, not that expensive to come. And we do that because we want to encourage you to put it into your church budget and make it a point to come. So two last questions for you guys before we close this thing out. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. We're going to ask, I'm going to ask you for the short version of this because short, you're, you're like water. You just move to fill all available space. And I take personal responsibility for that because I'm exactly the same way and I was your mentor. Yeah, I'm so, a product of you. Totally, totally. But what I want to know from you is what relationships in your life right now keep you focused and energized and what resources are you finding super helpful in your life right now? Oh, man. Um, well, my wife and relationship with her is important and keeps me energized. And then I think, I don't know, I like focus mission on the church. Like I've really online been working with distant people all over. So community group leaders are like my team um, based all over Canada right now, which is really cool. So just pouring into them and equipping them. Um, one great one um is gospel fluency and we're working through that as a team right now uh, jeff vanderstelt saturate um, and we're actually doing the handbook and ben Connolly. Uh, we're getting uh doing sessions with him which is great and um and then the other one we read right before that is god is the gospel by john piper um and these are just like back to basics like focusing speaking truth into people's life the gospel that playing out in every single day in my marriage in my relationships with my friends with my leaders those are just amazing so yeah done. thank you awesome kyle yeah relationship wise obviously uh my wife and my family but i think the two other relationships that are the most important and I think all pastors and church leaders need this is I have a really good friend inside the church and a really good friend outside the church. And those two guys, uh, for me to be able to relate with them, talk with them about life, about ministry, uh, you know, and everything in between, I think is, is huge. 
in terms of what I'm uh, taking in, I think with this season of busyness and uh, the chaos that there is in trying to figure out ministry moving forward, uh, for me right now, it's just been going back to, to books and stuff about spiritual disciplines. Uh, so I've been reading a lot of Dallas Willard. Again, you know, Divine Conspiracy, uh, uh, his book on spiritual discipline, his other book on spiritual disciplines, uh, and another book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Uh, And that's been a big one for me is reinstituting the practice of Sabbath uh, within my own life. So I I would say, yeah, Willard, for sure. And uh, that book by John Mark Comer have been huge for me, just as reminders, go back to the basics. My walk with Jesus is first. Everything else flows out of that. Oh, so good. Um, You're making me think my wheels are turning, Kyle. We might need to do a podcast on the ruthless elimination of hurry. I'm in the middle of it right now. And it's, it's revolutionizing the way I view what I do and the value that I place on different areas of my life. And so good. And it's written so well, eh? Like it's easy to read. Oh, it's so easy to read. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we would have to talk about that. I can't thank you enough, you guys, for coming on here and talking with me today. We are so excited about where our fellowship is headed. When we talk about leveraging our collective strength to make a God-honoring impact in BC and Yukon, we aren't kidding around. It is really what we are here to do. EQ Bootcamp, we're not doing this for fun. We are doing this because we want our pastors to flourish in their leadership so that their church staffs will flourish, so their boards will flourish, so the gospel will go forward. We want pastors who have sustainability practices in place in their lives where they know their limits, they know what they can do, they know where they need help, that they're uh, they're, they're courageous enough to be honest about what's really happening in their life so that God can be at work in and through them. So uh, I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories with us today, being candid with us about your own experiences. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with us today. So um, we're going to close. And I, Kyle, we're just going to ask you to close us in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to be together. And Lord, even as three people in ministry and getting to talk about how our emotional intelligence plays into what we do. But God, I pray that this would be a blessing for everyone who hears, Lord, that it would spur us all on to be more like you, uh, to embrace the way that you have made us and to uh, lead out of love and compassion, Lord, uh, recognizing that there's going to be lots of emotions along the way in ministry and Lord, that we would learn to manage those things so we could advance your kingdom so that your gospel would flow freely through us and impact the lives of everybody around us. And Lord God, will we see you glorified in all of that. So we give this over to you and we ask for it all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found this conversation helpful. And I hope you're feeling inspired to do the hard work necessary to grow in this crucial area of emotional intelligence. In this episode, you heard Kyle and Zach talking about their experience with EQ Bootcamp. And I definitely want to encourage you to attend our next Pastor EQ Bootcamp happening in January 2021. There are limited spots available, so make sure you sign up quickly. You can find the link to register in our show notes, as well as links to all the other resources mentioned in the episode. And as always, we want you to know that our team at Fellowship Pacific is here for you. To find out more about how we can support you, visit our website at www.fedpacific.ca.